You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. Welcome to the Drawing Board Podcast. This is the founder and host, Andre Ebron, and we're talking about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. And tonight on the show, I have one of my good friends, and we go way back. We go way back, been knowing this gentleman for about 15 years and seen the progression. We each have come a long way. Uh, We have seen each other up. We've seen each other go through. We've seen each other come out with the victory. And it brings me pleasure, along with the Drawing Board Nation, to welcome to the show Mr. Mark Anthony Carter. Welcome, sir. Well, man, thank you for having me, man. I embrace that. I embrace that enthusiasm you introduced the name. Well, I'm gonna have to get a drop from you, man. Oh I'm yeah, that. listen, that, like is, that that is not a problem. If I you're like looking that. for voiceovers or a drop, I, I'm definitely available for those things. All right, like all you gotta that, do man. is send the check, baby. Send the check. Send no, the check. that's right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Send but the invoice. Yeah, no, no, don't send the invoice. Send the check, baby, <laughs> or send the transfer. No, I'm joking. There but, we go, man. Um, welcome to the show, yeah, Mark. Yeah, not a problem, brother. Tonight. Uh, what I love is we're going to be framing our conversation around the power of a second chance. Absolutely. And uh, I know you all are probably waiting with bated breath to hear exactly what we're talking about. But let me break down uh, some of these excellent attributes of my guest, my brother, Mark. He is a father, a teacher and a media talent. With nearly 20 years in the classroom, he is an accomplished actor. With 12 successful productions in six years. Oh, that's like two a year, my brother, or more. Yes. All right. And you are the owner and founder of Global Mark Media that specializes in public private media partnerships with a specialization in grassroots development. So, man, that's awesome. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, especially because you're an entrepreneur and you are a teacher. So a lot of us are bi- are bivocational, right. which means that we we have a job during the day and we also are keeping our grind going at the at night, developing our dream. I saw you posted something recently. Said uh, I think you said the dream is yours. That's right. It All is. right, the dream yeah. is yours. Expound upon that a little bit for me. The dream is yours. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to take that dream, your own dream, and internalize that. It's your it's your responsibility to keep that fire lit under your dream. It's your it's your it's your job to keep that dream out there to promote your own dream. A lot of times we get caught up promoting other people's dreams or promoting other people's projects that take the away from our own dreams. And I've been myself um, a lot of times faced that same situation where I've helped a lot of other projects, a lot of other dreams and aspirations, um, alleviating time and energy to access my own dreams. So when you say that, I embrace that well. Oh, awesome. That works, man. Listen, so there's a balance, I believe. What do you think about this? Between helping someone else develop their dream and, you know, God using you as a pillar there to help push them but also dedicating the time necessary in order to carry your dream to fulfillment. And that's uh, expected. That goes directly to the grassroots development, my roots and my, uh, of my skill set, uh, being able to get directly with the people, being able to develop something on the ground floor. Um, that's It takes that. You know what I'm saying? You have to have that ability. You have to have that mindset, too, and be able to humble yourself enough. Um, and that's where the experience comes from. You talk about our experience, how we go way back. Yes, sir. Um, head start, you know, in our early years. Um, us teachers, we had to get out there grassroots style and do our recruiting, man. So that's that skill set that was developed kind of intangibly um, carried on even through marketing um, campaigns and different uh, project management initiatives that I've worked on. Now, let, that might sound like a foreign concept, especially in these days. Uh, let's let's pause for a minute and acknowledge mm-hmm. what you said. You said as teachers and family so- social workers, uh, family service workers, excuse mm-hmm. me. We had to get out and beat the pavement with everybody else to increase our recruitment and our retention. That's correct. And so it, it was a one. It was fun because we were getting a chance to interface with the people. Correct. But it also ensured it was our job security. That's correct. <laughs> so so yeah. you had some incentives so, to get out there and talk to Miss Johnson and yes. you know the aunties and get them involved and you know get the address. Yeah, that that involvement, that engagement, kind of built the. 
kind of the inner uh, the communication skills that we developed over the years and being able to talk to parents, that intercultural communication skill set, I can say mine was mostly developed right there from talking to the parents. Absolutely. And again, I think it is safe to say, and I just want to give her a shout out while you and I are here, because you, myself, um, Wayman Hayes, Edgar Pratt, oh, yeah. Jordan Irvin, Savad Thomas, yes. Keith Hollowell. Mad uh, props, man. Mad props. Let me see. Salute uh, to you guys. Randall. What's Randall's last name? Ricky Randall. Ricky man. Randall. Yeah, yeah Randall. Um, uh, Anderson. What's uh, man, brother, we, brother Anderson's first name? We got a, sh- a small fraternity of brothers, man. Yeah, but we're, we're great, talk- great yeah, work, great, though, man. great brothers, great work, and uh, who were part of the Mel Academy as well as worked in other uh, for Southeast Head Start. Now we we cannot bring up all of these Sterling. That's his name, Sterling, Sterling Anderson. Oh, yeah, yeah, brother Sterling Anderson. Mm. And I cannot bring up all of these gentlemen, these brothers who have worked for Southeast without mentioning uh, Jones Scales. Absolutely, and Jones Scales gave us opportunities and gave other people opportunities who other people may not even sneeze an opportunity toward. Uh, you're looking and, at one of them. I got to, I got to, I got to jump in there, man. You're looking at one of them. Uh, we talk about a show. We can talk about that. That's a whole show in itself. So I'm yeah. one of her experiments, man. And when actually the culmination full culmination of that actually sitting on the show with you today, uh, talking about, you know, accomplishments and things that, you know, we've come to work on is a full testament to actually 19 years ago today, man. Yes, sir. Uh, 19 years ago, um, Joan took the took the risk to take a, just like she had done with many other people, man, and said, let me get this little nappy hair. Had way more hair, man. All right. Much wilder guy, a uh, lot less wisdom than I encompass today. And she took that chance, man. So I think her and Teresa Lewis, like, you know, more than anything, more than anybody, them the two most pivotal people and all most important people in my life. When you say Joan, you talking you talking life to me right there. Oh man, that's excellent. So shout out to Joan Scales oh, yeah, and all of the excellent work she's For done real. across Metro Detroit. For real. So uh talking about you, my brother, I remember I think the first one of the <laughs> first times that we met, I want to say there was um a parent meeting at the Samaritan Center or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we were coming in and you were advocating because they were getting ready to go to the national level. Uh, talking about parental involvement as it relates to uh, Head Start ages, specifically two and a half to five. And you were stressing a point about how important the parent's voice, how important the parent's voice was to the success of the children within the academies. And I think there was some kind of buzz around where they were trying to either lessen the impact of the voice or not allow the parents to speak up. And you were fired up, my brother. Yeah, that yeah, was. You, you were, yeah, you, for real. you were fired up. We were at a board meeting, and I said, I love this guy's passion. Yep, that I passes said, down. We yeah. talked about it from Joan, um, part of the training. Um, one of the other things that I we don't mention a lot was the committees that we had at Southeast Head Start. Absolutely. Um, I was the government affairs chair, so I was responsible for bringing back a lot of that information um, as it related to parents and making sure us as teachers were able to get that but also the parents at all our centers at the time. Um, and to not have that as a title, but have that kind of as a hobby really at the time. It was a title, but it was a hobby, you know, kind of unpaid for thing. It was something we had done volunteer. again, volunteer type thing. Um, but that right there alone um, allowed me to kind of embrace that uh, feeling, embrace the empathy of the parents. So, you know what I'm saying? Of course, um, I feel like I have to use my gift on many occasions, you know what I'm saying? When people can't be heard, that's why I feel like I've stepped in. Sometimes it's been a detriment. You know, I, it did cost me some time, but hey, it does. Yeah, there's there's generally um, people don't talk about it a lot, but there is personal injury that comes from advocacy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you will be the voice for the voiceless, when you will speak out for the voice that not is just unheard, but that has been strategically silenced. Uh, if you bring their issues to the table you do undergo undergo some personal Absolutely. injury, but the reward for the people you serve, it doesn't feel like it at the moment. Oh, but, it takes some time. Yeah, but the <laughs> let's be honest about that. Let's you know, I don't want to over glamorize it. I want you know, you have to walk through some things. Yes. But the reward of the seeds you sow, they show up in the lives of generations of people you'll never meet. Absolutely. And so let's talk about that, man. Bringing a voice, particularly for young people. I ask this question when we interview. The question is, why do you teach? Why do I teach? Man, the impact, the impact that we have as men 
Um, I, could, I remember each and every male teacher I had, almost all the males that were in the building from Campbell, Bunch, Miller, um, on to Joy and other, and many other schools that I attended, even all the way to, um, going all the way to counseling and, vo- and we talked about vocation. I was in the, uh, called the Youth Opportunity Movement, um, here in Detroit, a vocational program. Yes. And I still remember all the males, the pivotal effect they had. And when we talk about women again, we talk about Teresa Lewis and John Scales, who had, who were both responsible for me coming to Head Start, that impact, and actually having someone have that belief, um, that I would have an impact on kids, um, and still live, and I do, um, still have that impact. Um, I enjoy that impact and that adulation, um, on a daily basis and as well for my peers, man. Um, and our kids need it. That's the main thing. We don't, um, I didn't grow up with, um, any male figures around me. So it's important for me to stay that, you know, steady male, uh, figure that, uh, child, including my own seat. Okay, excellent. So I, you know, I love giving out challenges, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's how even the, uh, we'll get to that a little later, but that's how the Kingdom Perseverance Challenge was awesome. birthed like from the that. Drawing Board Podcast. So here's the challenge, all right? Okay. So you said that you remember your teachers, right? Yes. Okay, so we're going to go just K through 5. Uh, you'll go first, I'll go second, all right? K through 5, name your teachers. Ready? Kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, brother. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> the name. male ones are females. Oh, name the females. Name, do you know all your, all your teachers, kindergarten through 5th? Kindergarten, first and up. I can go okay, first. Okay, all right, cool, Bang. cool. Let's start first. First grade. Miss Johnson. Okay. Second. Miss Bryant. All right, third grade. Miss Halliburton, Campbell. All right, fourth grade. Mr. Uh, Mr. Hammy. Mr. Hammy, okay. Mr. Hammy. All right. Miss Jackson. Ms. Ja- okay, fifth grade. Mr. Hammy. That was a small school, man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right, all right. I'm challenged. That's all right. I'm hit. So challenge, here, challenge hit right no, there. No, no. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to try to name mine. Okay, let's go. Okay, so first kid, grade. No, I'm starting oh, kindergarten. Kid, kindergarten. So kindergarten. I went to Kroninger. It was Miss Metzger. Okay. First grade was Miss Colvin. Sweet. Second grade was Miss Coleman. Okay. Third grade was Miss Bodie. Sweet. Then I switched schools and went to Cornerstone Prep. Okay. Uh, fourth grade, I had Miss Watkins. I had Mr. Hall. I had Miss Nelson, uh, Dr. Underwood, who's my goddad, okay. who is an apostle at Cathedral of Praise International, who's the founder of the school. He was the headmaster, so he was over oh, the sweet. entire school. It was kind of a it was a college prep curriculum, so we were switching classes and teachers in like third and fourth grade. Okay. So uh there Mr. Glass was my math teacher. Um I did say Mr. Hall already, did I? Okay, Mr. Hall was ELA. Um Miss Nelson was science and some other subject. So, okay. all right, cool. I'm, I think I'm good. Boom, yeah. Bam, he all right, did cool. It. Challenge, right, challenge one. Over. He all got right, me. Ooh, he breathe. got me. Now, you know if I asked you to name all your teachers, there's somebody over there name right now naming all their teachers. They, they like, sitting there like, uh, yeah, they're like, I can name them through I uh, think, 12th grade. Um, <laughs> And they looking like, man, hold on, the teacher, Mr. Carter. Wait a minute, Mr. Carter, you can't name your teacher. <laughs> no. I, I remember the most impactful ones. That's yes. the main thing. The no, ones that made the impact. So listen, yeah. it's it's all in love. It's all in fun. Yep. And uh, the point that I'm making is you as a teacher uh, from how many years ago? Well, I won't ask how many years ago. But if you think years back, there will be some child echoing your name when they think about, you know, who make who made an impact in their life. Absolutely. Uh, when you, I'm sure that you, because you're a father, I'm sure you've talked to your children about your teachers. Absolutely. I've experienced that from my own children. Absolutely. Um, I even have a testimony of one of our uh, Head Start kids. Okay, let's talk um, about it. Actually saying that to me, coming behind me in a store, in a retail store, Mr. Carter. Wait a minute, man. i never seen you, young man. Hold right. on. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you was my teacher. Wait a minute. Hold on. How can you even remember I was your teacher? My mom talks about you all the time, still, how you were impactful, how you were always there, how you were on me, even outside of the school. You were still concerned about me, my brothers. And for a, a kid to say that, man, this kid, this had, this had to be about four years ago. Um, and that's actually what led me back because I had left uh, Head Start for a few years and went into mentoring. Um, and I found myself coming back because of that moment when a kid, when somebody does something like that to you, that impact behind you, somebody say, Mr. Carter. And you haven't even heard Mr. Carter in a couple of years. That's They're right. calling and wait a minute, this kid gives an actual real full testimony, talks about his mom, talked about the impact you have in the in the classroom. 
And what followed that up was even my own child, my daughter. My oldest daughter brought that up like that. Man, I remember you had fun when you were in the classroom. And both of those, when both when, when both of those messages hit me like that, that was kind of the message. I'm like, okay, it's time to get back in the classroom. Okay, so teaching brings about that fulfillment of making an impact in the lives of our next generation. That's correct. Uh, being able to sow seeds of um, a personal interest that you are valuable, uh, that you have a destiny and you have a purpose, and I'm going to be that one to help bring that out of you. That's correct. And you know, for especially. Uh, Southeast, we did it a little different, you know, uh, and we, we structured it a little different. While we definitely used the high scope curriculum, we did. Yes, we did. We also provided some very hardcore, tangible uh, life skills for our children. So when you talk about social and emotional development, like we were in there already uh, teaching them about self-awareness, um, self-regulation, uh, self-reflection, all of those things. So. Brother, I listen, I applaud you and, and all of the other teachers. Did you know, drum roll please, that African-American men only make up 2% of the total population across the nation as educators? Wow. No. And so when you think about that, I want you to understand, A, the vital position you stand in. Okay. And B, understand that it is not just... Um, a casual experience, but that your very presence changes the fabric of the lives of the children before you. And I do believe that. Yep, and I do believe. I and that's what mutually, brother yourself, you as well, man. Um, like you said, you mentioned Hayes and Jordan and a lot of the guys that we've worked with in this industry that are still making an impact today. Even watching you guys, I think I put it on Hayes' post the other day, man. Keep setting the pace, man, because you guys have been. That's the main thing that, and that's the one thing I I like about our small fraternity, if you will, of, you know what I'm saying, um, African-American educators. But we've always just watched each other and not, it's never been any issue, any, hey, it's always been an envy, but an envy to where, okay, now it's me, it's my turn next, it's my responsibility, an envy that has always led to results and, hey, let me get this together, let me get my act together, let me get back to myself, let me get back grounded in who I really am. So appreciate y'all, man, for staying, and we all stay on each other, and that's the main thing I like about that. Yes, sir. A relationship void of accountability is no relationship at all. My so, man. Uh, man, you know, it's reciprocal, my brother. I appreciate you. And I think what it does in Scripture talks about iron sharpening iron, you know. Absolutely. And so that's what we must do and we must be for each other. So now let's talk about this. I want, I'm interested in your journey, my brother, because when you talk about I'm looking at the fields that you're involved in. Um, from your global uh, global mark media yep. uh, company to you have another company, and that company is entitled HighLifeRadio.com. HighLifeRadio.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I look at you as a teacher, and I also look at some of your other pursuits, and it always is you carrying a message. Absolutely. So when you talk about being a thespian, an actor, I was somewhere else. I told this today. I said, I told, I told somebody. I said, listen. <laughs> I said. They told me they were in, into acting, and I said, you know, oh, so you're a, a thespian, right? <laughs> like, wait, and, I'm a thespian? <laughs> and I said, and they looked at me kind of with some, you know, uh, reservation. Okay. And then I described what it was, and I, you know, of course, levity always, you know, is probably it makes things palatable. Absolutely. So I said, you know, this is kind of what this means. And when they when they reflected, they were with their significant other. And I said, you probably were looking back at him like, baby, you going to let him call me that? <laughs> no, but uh, Not knowing what you're yeah, talking about. But That's you are a thespian, an actor, you know, and everything that you are involved in results in you carrying a, a greater message to the people. Like, where does that come from? Um, the arts, the arts, um, allow me to kind of open up, um, all, uh, I have a, we talk about my story, where I come from, um, a lot of things involved in early childhood, like early childhood poverty, a lot of abuse issues. And when the way you deal with that post, like talking about it, of course, people do meds. Me, mine was always through the arts. Okay. Um, even early on. And we talk about teachers and I'm definitely glad we talked about them. And I gave her a shout out early. Yes. Um, it's Halliburton, my first, my third grade teacher. Okay. Uh, very troubled kid in third grade. Tr- probably one of the most troublesome kids in the school. Uh, she gave me the starring role of Frederick Douglass in the Underground Railroad play. Like, so can, made everybody can we do this living. though? Can we get granular and talk about some of the challenges? Because there might yeah. be somebody listening right Absolutely. now 
who's like, oh, man, my kid's in the third grade, too. Like, what what were some of the challenges? When we talk about challenges, um, my mother, she was uh, drug abuse. Okay. Um, that's what she ultimately, I lost my mom and both my father before I was 13. Okay. Um, so I grew up I'm having sorry to, to hear deal, that, my brother. Um, both having to deal with a lot of grief. Yes. So early on, when you're dealing with a lot of grief, you do anything for attention. You know what I'm saying? You want to just get the spotlight and get out there. Of course, when you're th- um, in the third grade, you don't know this. I ain't noticed back then. I just know I'm going to act up. Um, but it was actually talking to that third grade teacher uh, just a few years back, man. And Ms. Halliburton said that. Um, she said it to me. I saw something in you, Mark. All right. Like, years ago. And I'm like, huh? Like, what did you see when I was, you know, eight years old, cutting up, running through the hallways, with corduroys old, nappy head, talking <laughs> hey, man, crazy. Corduroys would made hot right there. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have made it through Catmail without yeah. the corduroy. Right. But seriously, uh, some of the challenges, uh, a lot of abuse, a lot of abuse issues, man. And one of the things early on for me, um, I had outlets in the hood and outlets and different things where I, you know, made my falls at and I made my mistakes at. Um, we could talk about them on the show, too. Um, but the big thing for me was always I was I always acted out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, even growing up, you know what I'm saying? And de- dealing with different uh, challenges as well. I was always acting out. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have a lengthy side, like sales career. Um, everyone knows in sales, we act. Yes. Like it's an act. It's, Absolutely. you know, in sales, you have to put on, you got to get ready. You got to get in the mirror and geek it up. Um, and I give a big shout out to, um, a good friend of mine, man. Um, when he introduced and said, man, we're going to do this play. Like a play. We ain't never done a play. We don't got no experience. He's like, man, let's, we're going to do it on faith, man. This person done it. We're going to do it. Right. Um, did it, man. Um, I got in it strictly because I said that I'm like, man, I haven't been in, I haven't done a play since I was a kid. And I done my first, uh, we done our first production, um, in 2013. And again, we have not looked back again over 12 productions, have several coming up this year. But again, um, that there, that's therapy for me. Um, wrapped up, you know, briefly, concisely said it's therapy, man. When I get on the stage and get to act out, I get to act out all those things I was thinking about over the years, all the stuff I was feeling, all the emotions, all the social emotional, um, things and effects. I get to play it out on stage. It's fun. Yeah. Now the, the awesome thing about what you're sharing is that, uh, when you construct a positive vein and an outlet for these things, it blesses people though. Mm. So uh, it is repurposing your pain to something constructive okay. that turns around and ends up blessing people. So a lot of times when we do things as an expression, uh, like my daughter asked me the other day, she was uh, talking about how dance can be therapy, how dance can you know be an outlet. And we were talking about how dance specifically can be an outlet, like if you're angry, right? Mm-hmm. And so she was saying, I was saying how, you know, when I was younger also, you know, that, man, I had some, you know, I was I, I at a drop of a hat. Some things could, you know, happen. And so I was like, yeah. So that's, I used to dance a lot. And so I said, that's how I got so good. <laughs> <laughs> just go doing yeah, it. Just dancing. That was but, being your outlet. Yeah, that was the outlet. And so um, when we talk about uh, the arts, man, I was just talking to another brother today about how, like, with so many mediums to express themselves. I'm a firm believer in this, Mark. What you think? I think that children don't have a challenge expressing themselves, I think that adults just have a difficult time hearing the way that it is expressed. Absolutely. That's the biggest problem. That's yeah. Me, and it's funny, I talked to a guy on the way here uh, exactly about that, how most of the time, and that's what we learned. We actually, uh, we were gifted and actually learned um, doing high school. We're not, and we talk about acting. Um, everything, and when you talked about when we first came in, how, how does all this play a part? Everything plays a part um, because that whole this whole 19 year experience um, in Head Start, of course, we've been under the high school curriculum. That's right. Foundation of the high school curriculum is learn through play. Learn through play. So teaching kids through modeling, teaching kids through creative representation, doing that on a consistent basis, which is even led because not only being an accomplished actor, I'm also an acting coach for children. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I actually do. Yeah, I am. Actually. All right, coach, coach me through something right quick, man. Give me, give me a line. Come on, let's let's let we gonna put it on. Give me a line, and I'm gonna act, and you got to tell me, you know, how well, see, I did or, and coach me up. All right. That's why I'm glad I teach improv. Cause yeah. See, we teach on the on the fly, on, on the, the fly. go. Okay. And just dig a situation, like you know, just take right. a, you take a word or take anything. We okay. Just, give me something real quick. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. What give do me you want to play out? What do you want to play out? It doesn't matter. Throw. Give. Hey, I'm listen. I am the grasshopper. You are the sin. Say, well, there it is. I am the grasshopper. I will be listening. Oh no, no, I'm the grasshopper. <laughs> okay, You're the you sensei. want me to be the sensei. Yeah, teach me something. What okay, do you so, want to learn? 
teach teach breathing, me what do you want me? or are you talking about um our right. expression or some teach you something specifically you know, in acting yeah. like I'm in a, your class right now. Oh, we're getting kid. ready. No, I'm oh. no, no, I'm saying I'm, we're getting ready to uh I'm getting ready to go forth as an actor. I want you to coach me up. Like give me something to act out, give me a line. And then you're going to coach me through it, like, so that we can see this coaching in real time. Boom. Like, okay. we, I say, give me something, like, give me something from Coach Carter. We'll take my name, for instance. I give don't. Me, I, give me the Coach Carter speech. Okay. I'm drawing a blank. So, All oh, right. man. So, you don't, yeah, nothing I don't about know. fear. Huh? You know, we are powerful beyond measure. Oh, our greatest no. fear is that. Yeah. <laughs> our greatest fear. Right. Yeah. I'm okay. trying to lead yeah, you. Yeah, I know I you know, do the fear. This yeah. the, right. You the grasshopper. Come on, sensei. Come on. Can't Come think on, of the whole I got to push you. Come on, I'm now. Just gonna, I'm Come just going to go do better. And say it. Got, Here we go. Better. You can do right, better, man. Come on now. Our greatest fear yes. is not that we are, can't think of the line. Okay. All right. But that we, we are, are powerful beyond. Are not measure. inadequate, young man. Yeah. All right, cool. Now, how did now, that How do you do? feel? Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, when no. you talk about coaches, one right. of the things, I'm an improv coach. So okay. one of the things I t- uh, always teach kids, teach adults, my peers, we teach each other. Right. Uh, to just take the situation, embrace the situation, put yourself fully, immerse yourself fully in that situation. Okay. And go. Um, the benefit of us with long form like improv is, yeah, we take that and we are we able to be more loose on the stage. Absolutely. When people ask, what's the difference from, you know, script? And stay in improv. That's it. With improv, you're able to be more loose. Uh, with scripted acting, um, it feels you don't feel any pressure. You just feel you feel the importance of the role. Okay. When you feel like you know how to study this script, it's almost like studying for a test, and you ace that test. When you study that script and you learn those lines, um, it's a adu- it's a certain adulation that comes with that. Just as you're reading, like reading the drawing board or reading Kingdom Perseverance, and internalizing the message, you do the same thing. Um, when you're reading the script, you're going to tap into something in that script that you can connect to easy. Okay. Um, one of the biggest things people always ask, like, what um, what do you do to change emotions? You use incidents. We talk about my past. I use my past um, as ways to draw up different emotions when I'm on the stage. I can draw up pain. I can draw tears in an instant. Um, laughter comes very, very easy. Okay, well, let's do this. Um, and I want you, because I know that you have... You've done been involved in twelve different productions, mm-hmm. but I know there's probably one line within a particular play <laughs> that you 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 laughing, brother. One, <laughs> I'm laughing. Uh, cause, go ahead. Listen, one one line in a particular play that just speaks to you that that like this is your one, okay. And so I want you to take us to that moment. I want to see this acting in real time. All right. Action. Now, take us to that part, that play, that line from your twist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you uh you shot me for a loop on that one. Uh cuz my you I thought of lines and when you thought I mean I figured you was going in that area of memorable lines. Um my most memorable lines probably more of a silly, more, you know, funny line. Um Okay. But I was actually being sarcastic. Um, and it was a relationship play. I believe we were doing hmm, When Love Hurts. When Love Hurts. Believe When Love Hurts. Believe what we did when love hurts. Um No, no, no. Child, uh, the Millennium Church play. Yes, it is. Millennium okay. Church play. Yes, All it right. is. Okay, there you go. That's that's probably my uh, favorite play. Yeah, yes, it is. That's my most memorable cast right there. And probably one of my most memorable lines um, uh, when our when Cortez played the pastor and I was the deacon in the play. Okay. Um, and our pastor had had an affair and his lover had just popped up one day in the, you know, it just just so happened popped in the church that day. Okay. Like, um, yeah, I'm looking and addressed our pastor as, you know, by his name. And I'm like, wait, well, you know, deacons and, you know, people, you know, clergy members. Whoa, you you know, you and she had came in like, uh, I'm looking for Elroy. Elroy. And I'm like, hey, hey, whoa, 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 you pastor, you can't do that now. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, it's pastor around here. We don't do all that. We don't call pastor by his first name. We call first lady, first lady. We just don't do that. We don't do that now. Where you coming from with all this? Okay, good. And scene. All right. 
Good right stuff, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. But that was just one of the scenes. No, right? absolutely. And you know you better not go in there calling Pastor by his first name. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. no, but. But it got such a reaction from the crowd. Too, absolutely. And I still remember the crowd just, you know, they fell out like, oh, yeah, yeah. Because you, like you said, you know, you don't come you know? in that problem with some error. Whoa. I mean, I lost it. You know, did, did she just call? Who? She. Yeah, but it's it, sacred, yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, because the the respect line. Mm-hmm. But what I love about art is, you know, um, uh, it's either art imitates life, or life imitates art. Yes, it does. Uh, because the expression of those things uh, that we feel, that we think, uh, actors are able to say and invoke, comedians are able to say the thing that yeah. you couldn't say. Uh, comedians are able to challenge right. the purview or perspective of what's happening in the world that other people cannot, you know, say or do. Actors are able to act out uh, the lover's quarrel without the collateral damage, you know, uh, that, that life, you know, impacts. Or watching when uh, I saw you had a play called Child Support. Oh. And I'm sure <laughs> there are a lot of people watching <laughs> who don't think that's too funny. But, right. <laughs> however, uh, it those are things impacting. And I saw a friend of the court and different things like that. So these mm-hmm. are real life issues that people are walking through that are having challenge with, but you're able to in some way infuse some levity and some comedy and some acting to say, you know what? I know what you're going through might be challenging. I know you might be having baby mama problems. I know you might be having baby daddy problems. I know that your relationship may be crumbling, mm-hmm. but when you look back on this, there are going to be some lessons and some principles that you learn. And there's also going to be some laughter because you know you was acting a doggone fool. Fool. Yeah. So and absolutely. Yeah. And that's the main thing. Like you said, we want people to know it's a message. We want people to know you're dealing with life. Life is serious. But when you come here, when you come visit when and enjoy this play, you're going to have fun thinking about a serious issue. You're going to think about when love hurts. And it's so funny. Um, Last year, like right before, I don't even know. I did a play um, right in between, like right before Christmas. Okay. Um, actually had two, did two performances, uh, right before Christmas and had two performance scheduled right at the beginning of the new year where I wasn't able to perform those plays. So, so yeah, let's talk about that. So you, you were going about life, uh, you were acting out in your plays, Mm -hmm. things were, things were moving forward. You were anticipating, you know, you had two more play, two more, two more more performances after the new year. And then what occurred, Mark? Uh, December 29th, 2017, man, I had a massive heart attack. Okay. Yep. Now, how t- walk me through that, my brother? Like, I like to be in the moment, as you can tell. So, Man. you're going about your day. W- like, what's happening on oh, that yeah. day? So, um, December 29th, you wake up. Wake up. It's after Christmas. Actually, my son's birthday is December 27th. So, okay. Uh, we're coming off, you know, a birthday party post Christmas. His gifts still wrapped. Um, you know, wrapping paper all through the house. You know, we're having a good time, still relaxing at home. Um, just enjoying the season. Um, I'm off work at the time. Uh, 2017, that just saw me lose like one of my most uh, impactful family members. Probably, matter of fact, my last remaining uh, family member in the state of Michigan at the time. Okay. Um, so, and we had battled like with cancer with her for a couple of years, me being the only relative and the caregiver for her, as well as being a full time teacher and a single dad. I put a lot on myself, you know, Absolutely. of course, being an actor, trying to still do my arts and my hobbies and, and take care of my daily responsibilities. Of course, a lot of times and moving so fast and doing so many things, of course, you can't do all those things and still probably eat right. And that was one of the things where um, the cholesterol, of course, the stress from all those things um, led to me. Uh, yeah. Again, we talk about that day. Um, it was a normal day, man. And they talk about that. When you see the documentaries a lot of times um, on these uh, heart issues and things like that, you'll see the guy going, you're like, man, no, I didn't, he ain't just had no normal day like that. Normal day. Everything's okay. Okay. Um, you you start, you do feel a, you feel something early in the day. You do feel like a twin, a little twinge. And it kind of gives you that, like, am I having some kind of something wrong with my heart? You're like, ah, no, I can't be. You know what I'm saying? You go on the body. You do. As a, and especially as a guy, that masculinity thing, we Both automatically. Like, like, I, yeah, that's what I yeah, picture. Like, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Man, it ain't nothing, man. Let me keep right. on going. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, actually taking a walk, just walking out, like taking the trash down to the, uh, that day, that night, actually. It was snowing. Um, and I came back up the steps. I'm like, man, I'm a little noticeably a little more fatigued, fatigued. Than, mm-hmm. than 
than normally just going, you know, down some stairs and coming back up. Um, then again, guy, uh, man, go get some water, lay down. <laughs> you know, my mom used to say, just go lay down. Go lay down. So, Sleep lay it down. off. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first thing we do. That's right. So that's the first thing I did, man. Drunk some water. Right, let me lay down. Um, and that water was kind of the thing I woke up remembering, you know, woke up, pile of sweat, um, uh, pile of vomit, blood, um, kind of sucking for air. Um, and two different pain, uh, two different chest pains going on. One is kind of feeling like, Man, I don't even know what kind of animal. I almost feel like, I want to say like a tire, man, like a car. I feel like a car, like. Like an elephant sitting on your chest? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel more like, yeah, like an elephant, like on it. And you have like a burn. It's like a burn at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Where you like, it's like heartburns. I'm just doing with heartburn or what is this? You know what I'm saying? And that's what I was shaking, uh, catching for breath. And thankfully, my son, like we said, just so happened my son was still in the house. Um, my son being responsible. He seen dad running through the house, you know, reaching for phones. Um, luckily, I stayed in an apartment building at the time as well. So he was able to go downstairs, um, get some neighbors, come up, get help. Uh, got me to the hospital just in time, man. And I have an incredibly massive um, heart attack. But, uh, yeah, I stand here today, man. Uh, not just as a survivor of grief and childhood poverty, but a survivor of a uh, massive heart attack, man. And that was pivotal. Pivotal. And changing um, a lot of things like we talked about early on, um, you can be destroyed from tragedies or you can be or it can destruct, deconstruct you. And why I use the analogy of um, de destruction and deconstruction, because just like a home and like life, like we're talking about, you can destroy a home and you got to rebuild a whole new one. Mm -hmm. But you can deconstruct a home and you can rebuild a home from that deconstruction. The one thing that's interesting about that, Mark, is, and you said a lot in that, um, so here's my challenge to you. You can write this down or rewatch the, the podcast is I would love to see you write something, two things. One, called The Power of a Second Chance, where you can talk about several different things for overcoming, uh, like, the child, your childhood challenges okay. and the heart attack piece. I don't know if you've written something already. Uh, and then the other thing I would love for you to talk about is uh, when your son saves your life. Okay. And like thinking about from that perspective, how I because you got a great relationship with your kids. I can I can see it, the love that you express toward them, but yes. how he knew in that moment to stay calm enough to take action. And that, a big shout yeah. Out to him, and so, yeah, when you when you think about that, though, because sometimes children go into a panic mm -hmm. and, you know, we see some of the stories on TV where, you know, a child has done something and been able to rescue and rescue that person. But I think that that almost deserves some breath. And that's why I had you walk through the actual occurrence of that day, okay. because I could see that being played out like in a play, uh, because think about it, as you were saying that how many men are sitting around right now. Some hit you, you know, just, mm. you know, do you do a little left arm yeah. stretch, you yeah. know, <laughs> little, every listen. Like, brothers, yeah, I'm OK. Yeah. You know, do a little left arm stretch, you know, all of that. And not knowing that that pain or that angina, that chest pain is a symptom of something greater. Or, right. you know, I heard you talk about being a caregiver. And what people don't understand is that a lot of times pe the, the person that they're taking care of continues living. And my condolences to your family member, mm -hmm. to you and your family. But a lot of times the person continues living and the caregiver, because of the stress and the weight of caring for somebody else, that person ends up with all these symptomatic That's issues true. and challenges. And then so you're taking care of your, your loved one. You're raising your son. You're pursuing your own dreams, you know, and then the weight of all of that. Yeah. Been there. Got the coming and going of poor eating, probably poor sleeping. Um, some days, uh, not eating till 11, right. 30, 12 o'clock. <laughs> and you realize like, did I eat today? I don't yeah. know if I ate today. And so when we talk about coming to the drawing board or having the power of a second chance, uh, I tell my son this, what do you think about it? I say, if you want to see change, add more discipline. Absolutely. If you want to see process, add more structure. No, if you want to see something grow, add more structure. And if you want to see something progress, you need to add more order. Absolutely. So discipline, order, and structure. I laughed and I told him, I said, you know, that reminds me of the DOS computers, right? DOS. 
I said, that's when things had to process. No matter, listen, <laughs> no matter how fast you wanted to go, oh, no, that computer was only going to work as fast as it was going to go. Yes, and the same thing with our bodies. No matter how far we want to go, no matter all of the things that we may want to accomplish, uh, I think I heard you say this, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were like, this is my temple. This is where God dwells. Mm-hmm. And so you had to do some adjustments and taking care of this temple. You, nobody wants to live in a dirty house. Yep, nobody right. wants to live in um, a house that's congested with all this different stuff. And so why would we put God in a box like that? We do. We have to divorce that story. And that's a lot of times what it is. We have a story in our mind. Like brother, like Tony Robbins always say, you have to divorce the story of the limitations in your mind and marry the unlimited, marry the truth of the unlimited power you have. And that's what we have to do a lot of times, man. And it took that. That's what this did. That's what, you know, the heart attack did for me. It took that. It took, I had to either marry, I had to divorce that story. And that's one thing, even with the heart attack, a lot of times when we um, go through a tragic life incident like that, uh, unfortunately, Unfortunately and fortunately, I haven't faced tragedies before. This one right here was, I'm like, I got this. You know what I'm saying? It it was troubling. It's still troubling because heart. Um, I tell guys, man, all the time, this, um, the heart disease thing, man, is real. It's really real, man. Um, each time I go down to see the cardiologist, um, I, it seems like more people are in the office. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a it's a growing growing thing. A lot of people not paying it enough attention. More guys, especially us, man, need to definitely pay attention, man, because this is serious right now. You know what I'm saying? And we can take control of our health. Um, and that's what I've been doing, man. So I'm, yeah, again, grateful to be out here. Um, the drawing board, both the drawing board and Kingdom Perseverance, but specifically in the drawing board, man, um, it was specific pieces in there where it kind of woke up the accountability piece. That's why I said, like you said, the steel sharpening steel. Um, I wanted to read an excerpt, um, a specific excerpt from there that, um, that actually caught me, man. And I made sure the opportunities are often hidden from small eyes. Since that experience, I have learned how to create systematic change and structures with more traditional methodology, process, and practice. Yes, sir. That key thing right there. I'm like, man, when you said it like, son, there's a bigger picture. And I thought about that like, man. And you woke it. I'm talking. About, I remember sitting. And my girl, she said it. Man, I was sitting on the floor reading that. You know, what I'm saying in my living room, and it just sparked and like lit up, man. Um, and I, yeah, I commend you too on this, man. The drawing board and more and more people, man, should be lo- using this as a platform, brother. And more people are. I, I speak that into existence. Yes, they sir. will because I know if somebody coming from my background, my existence, um, my diversity can embrace this and see the value of this message, man. This book is gonna do some phenomenal things, brother. It has and it is. Already, so yeah, let's, oh. let's 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 keep it going, man. Let's keep building. Yes, sir. Well, listen, man, giving glory to God, man, because He's the one you know that helps and, and uses us both. So absolutely, hey, man, listen, that's what it is for. Uh, I believe our lives begin to matter when we figure out a what we've been called to do. Amen. Because the moment you take a breath, you've already been called. All right, and then secondly, I believe that when you begin to marry your potential to the people that you're designed to help then I think that life begins to take on some greater meaning. So when we do that, when we do those two things, A, when we figure out what the actual call is, and then B, when we figure out where our potential is aligned with a certain group of people, because you're called to impact a group of people that I couldn't reach, and I'm called to impact a group of people that maybe you couldn't reach. But then collectively, our collaboration ends up increasing our impact. That's right. Uh, it's just like this. Uh, biblically, the word says if one can put a thousand to fight flight, then two could put 10,000 to flight. Absolutely. So you think about that multiplication or that math. It says that collaboration has the ability to increase the impact exponentially. Yes, and so, man, when I think about you having the power of a second chance, my brother, uh, you have this new opportunity, and we were talking off air about uh, deconstruction and destruction, right? And how no matter which one it is, each one of them must be rebuilt piece by piece. Yes, and how there is intrinsic value in the pieces, even though they're broken. Absolutely. Uh, what about that that quote that says, "Even broke"? It says, "Broken crayons still color." Yes, they do. Yes, yes. sir. I used some earlier yes, today. Sir. Yes, we did. <laughs> so, absolutely, we know that is. Yep. As so, it. Tell, tell me, Mark, and share with the people. Man, you have this second chance. This 
this new breath of life, this new opportunity. Uh, you've gone to the drawing board. You've figured out what it is to, to, to persevere, not just as a man, but kingdom perseverance according to God's word. Like, what are you doing now that make us aware of what's happening now? Um, it's more important to actually utilize uh, my gift and my story. That's one of the things, like we talked about earlier, helping other people in their dreams and accessing their dreams. Um, I put in a full body of work of, you know, helping our youth, lifting our youth up, lifting up my peers. Um, it's important now, like we're talking here, to actually utilize this story, man. Utilize the story of survival. Utilize the story of the second chance. Because just even as you're saying now, I'm internalizing and embracing that more, man. More people need to hear that. Me hearing guys like Les Brown, me hearing guys like Inky Sims, Inky Simpson's story, those are the inspirations that led me. So when I think about that, even as you were saying it right there, like, man, more people do know, do need to hear more about that. More guys do need to be more aware that, hey, don't just ignore that little twinge, man, when you walk downstairs. Or don't, you know, you shoveling, you feel that little twinge, slow it down, He's bro. Up. So, um, actually at this point, and it's funny, me and Patrice, uh, we talked about that, um, and you, you actually put articulated differently as the second chance. Um, uh, synonymously, I said the second half. Um, actually, when we had our kind of power meeting last week, okay. I'm talking about like I was current last year, 2018, I spent it in halftime. I've come out of halftime now in the third quarter. Okay. So in this third quarter, it's important to be um, get more into the storytelling, get more into the content delivery, some of the things kind of – culminate all the things I've been doing for the teaching, the arts, and the media. Um, and that's where Global Mark Media is. Uh, Global Mark Media, um, I've worked on everything from launching uh, the podcast, radio stations, uh, teaching institutions, sales programs. All of that is encompassed what we do in Global Mark. Again, public-private partnerships are important. Um, I'm one of the more people more experienced in that level of experience, especially as it relates to media. Uh, so I'm I'm doing that and stepping into that more. Um, I've used the teaching in the classroom to step back and kind of introspectively rebuild my own self, rebuild uh, my trust, rebuild my integrity um, as it relates to my peers um, and the profession itself, building and having a deeper respect for it. Um, just plan on going forward, actually putting my feet on the gas a little bit harder, if you will. OK, awesome. I'm sitting in here and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about uh, I'm envisioning you walking onto this stage. Right. Thank and you. I'm envisioning you starting off. You know, the day was December 29th, 2017. Waking up, gasping for air, you know, and going yeah. through all of it. I want you if you went through I'm that whole piece and you say and before my eyes, my 20 years of teaching, my my two businesses, my this, my that. Nothing, none of that could come from me except the courage of my son to go get help because I was having a heart attack. Now, it's funny how life can put you at cardiac arrest, but I thank God that he gave me a second chance to have power with this second half of my life. It's third quarter, people. Let's wake up. And now, guess what? I wasn't done making my mark on this world, nor was, had I fully experienced the high life. But now I, Mark Anthony Carter, am prepared to tell you about where I'm going. Amen. And then when you when you bust it out like that, if you were to do that, from that point, people are ready to hear that message. Because when you get ready, man, to bring that, it's going to be powerful. And right. we'll we'll get a chance to. I can't wait till you craft it and put it together. This is my charge to you to do that. Oh, you and, just started. Uh, you just lit, yeah. you lit the fire, and, brother, uh, just like the drawing board did. Thank you. Yes, sir. Not a problem. And um, I'm looking forward to it, man, because uh, Revelations 12, verse 11 says, For we overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. So the same power that rose you out of that heart attack or situation uh, where, you know, the enemy came to snatch mm -hmm. your life, the same power and anointing that delivered you from that, it shows up when you testify about it. Amen. And so it empowers other people to then make decisions based upon knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that is what we have to do, not based upon our emotions, not based upon our assumptions or presumptions, mm -hmm. not based upon our pride or our fear, but we can make decisions according to knowledge. So, my brother, man, we have had an uh, excellent show. Uh, I think uh, I'm, you will be back next week. Absolutely. Uh, I'll have 
Patrice Johnson and the Kingdom Perseverance oh, Challenge crew. Awesome. The entire team will be out next week. Shout out to Patrice. And we'll be talking about uh, the Kingdom Perseverance Challenge. If you want to join in and you want to get your book, you can definitely go to Amazon and look up the Kingdom Perseverance Challenge by Patrice S. Johnson. And if you'd like to go and get the drawing board, of course, you can go get to it. my this, the link is in my bio. If you're watching on IG, if you're watching on Facebook, you can go right to Amazon and Google the drawing board uh, by Andre M. Ebron. Some exciting news, Mark. I can't leave without telling you this, man. Come on. June 22nd, 1030 to 1230. I'm having my inaugural conference entitled The Drawing Board Experience. Awesome. Man, we have six impact speakers. I'll go ahead and let it be known. You guys, I have, listen, Lisa A. Smith. I have Eric Thomas uh, from Saga Marketing. Awesome. I have Randy Rosario, who's coming to throw down. Yes. I have Ashley Chesney, who is bringing the pain. All right? And listen, my daughter's going to play the violin. I have Theopolis Smith, better known as Fresh Laundry, who will be coming and doing a painting while the event is taking place. And, man, awesome. And I have to give an extra shout-out because you mentioned her name, man, to the new queen of Detroit media, Randy Rosario, man. Big shout-out to you, baby girl. You keep up the incredible, incredible work. Shout-out to your engagement as well. Um, Arcel, you talk about somebody persevering. I watched the day she said that I'm taking over Detroit media. I watched this as a coworker, man, and she ain't stopped, and she's done it. Excellent. So shout out to Randy and JT. Uh, They will be in the house on June 22nd. And, you know, she has her book, Good Day Goals. So uh, make sure you go out and support. Lisa Angel Smith has, you know, the foodie book coming out. So everybody has a book. Uh, that they can have. Um, Ashley Chesney is a child, a children's author, so awesome. everybody's coming. And man, one of the highlights for me is I'll get a chance to MC it, but I also will be able to watch my daughter perform uh, the violin at my inaugural conference. Salute. The thing is, man, giving your children an opportunity to express their gifting. So uh, the drawing board experience. Here's the theme. Watch this. It aligns with what we're talking about. Everything's on go. Everything's on go. Everything's on That's go. Right. So lastly, Mark, where can they find you? Your social media. Uh, social media on Facebook, MarkAnthonyCarter.com or GlobalMarkMedia.com. Um, we have multiple websites on <laughs> and domains. Uh, you can find searches through anyone. Again, GlobalMarkMedia.com. And also, WeBuyBlack.com. GlobalMark. All right. Thank you very much. Um, I did not want to forget my brother, uh, Harlan J. Bivens, with Better Youth Movement Detroit. He is also going to be a speaker that day. So uh, with this last minute, um, you can go now if you want to donate or if you want to get your tickets to Eventbrite. And all you have to do is search the drawing board experience. June 22nd, 2019, 1030 to 1230. As I always say, your future is not behind you. It's not before you. It is within you. I'm Andre Ebron. God bless you.